0: Hello, creative souls, and welcome to Inner Promptings, the podcast to inspire and support your feelings, your tugging at your soul to express yourself in a multitude of ways. Today, I am dedicating the entire podcast to my friend, Nate Jones. If you've been listening, this will be Nate's third time. And the reason why he is a regular is cuz he is a mover and a shaker and he's doing all kinds of incredible things. And I could talk to this man for hours. But he is on a new part per mm, a new path sort of. He is releasing a book. Okay, the man does everything. All right? But now he's got a book and he's explaining his songs and He's extremely spiritual and I just love him to death. And so we are going to explore what's going on with him. And I think you're going to get so much inspiration because, again, I talk about how, you know, it's not about turning people into artists. It's about finding ways to express yourself. And one thing may lead to another thing, which may lead to another thing. And you're going to find that thing just that just feels right, that aligns you. And I think Nate is a perfect, perfect example of that. He is a musician. Now he's an author. And I think he's combining his spirituality. I think it's going to uh, bloom in ways he doesn't even expect. But anyways, um, welcome, Nate, back. So happy to have you. Thank you. I know we're eating cookies I'm sorry but they're really good Um, so it's been such a long time um, and I know that I've seen you on Facebook and I've seen you doing concerts on Facebook and just you know you've you've done as much as you could possibly do during COVID. So yay to you! Yay. Um, and it's it's stretched you, I'm sure, in ways that you just didn't even expect um, how you would express yourself. So let's talk about how you managed through COVID for a bit.
1: Yeah. Well, um, pleasure to be sitting here with you again. It's, yay. it's been probably a couple years now because of all of this. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I was actually um, in another iteration of the Artist Way at the library mm-hmm. with Marsha, which when, is where
0: we met in the first yes, place, yeah, yeah.
1: When um, the class had to be canceled because of COVID. So I found myself with all this creative momentum. Um, but you know, the class was over. So how was I going to translate that into my life and continue the expression? So about a month or two before, uh, before everything got shut down in March of last year, I went on a really incredible trip. I went on a two-week road trip tour down to Texas and uh, a lot of places in between uh, with my friend Andreas from Germany, and we had the rare privilege of getting a tour of Sun Studios Mm. in Memphis.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I've Um, been there.
1: Yep. Really incredible place for those that don't know, that's where Elvis and Johnny Cash and countless other legends were recorded. It's referred to as the birthplace of rock and roll. Um, And while we were there, this incredible thing happened where, as we were passing through the room where the songs were recorded, Uh, a friend of ours in the group that we had just met, he was a bass player and they they handed him the upright bass and he was plucking on it a little bit and and playing with it. And before I knew it, our tour guide was playing along to what he was playing on the piano. And I recognized the riff. It was the riff to Green Onions by, by Booker T and the MGs. Um, which was recorded just down the street at Stax uh, in Memphis, and so that song goes like, boom. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am seeing two people jamming, and there's a drum set in the room, <laughs> but there's no sticks, so and there's no seat either for the drum set, and I'm like, oh man. So I just kind of like walked over towards it and started playing it just like gently with my hands and they were like, no one was telling me not to. So I kept doing it and I had a guitar pick in my pocket that I used to to smack the cymbals so that everything would resonate a little bit more. And before we knew it, and we have a video of this, uh, the three of us were just jamming on this song and I'm looking up at the painting, uh, the picture to my left of Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins and i couldn't believe it i was just starstruck in that moment that that i was jamming in that room mm. and we we played for about 5 minutes when it was over we just had like this crazy three-way you know handshake hug that kind of solidified this moment and then afterwards we start uh, talking to the owner that our tour guide interest, introduced us to and it was just this whole big event that left us feeling like vibrationally charged like It was like very epic. Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments where you're like, did that really just happen? Like we just received all this history, learning about this place. And I regard these guys as legends. And here I am. And I remember my friend Andreas said to me, he said like, oh, in his his, uh, deep voice, he said like, you are a legend, Nate Jones. You're you're a legend in the making. You are. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, I mean, I guess we both are because our whole, I remember vividly. We had a erasable dry erase marker mm-hmm. and we were writing on the window of our rental car using it like a like a whiteboard mm-hmm. just mapping out this whole thing and i got the idea wouldn't it be cool to like be able to put this story of doing this like in my album and andrea said yeah you know maybe you could have a collection of stories so When COVID happened and I couldn't play shows anymore, there was a period of time where we thought things were going back to normal. I started to play some shows. It was a pretty good summer. I played a couple weddings for people, did some socially distance events. But it wasn't until September that I heard about a friend who was having a book be published. And I thought, how is he doing this? I looked up what he was doing and there's a program with Georgetown University. So they're doing a program called the Book Creators Program, and they are partnered with a publishing company, New Degree Press, to allow first-time authors to basically be taken through this training program of how a non-fiction or a fiction book is written and, you know, different paths for each one. Some people did essays, memoirs, but I was a part of a cohort of about 200 other authors um, that we are all going to be publishing our books this August.
0: Wow. And,
1: yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. But over those couple months, I was writing a ton of songs because I wasn't going out and playing as much. And I had to, as you said, find a way to express, right? Not necessarily trying to sit down and say, I'm gonna develop my artistry and like write this whole concept album. It just, the songs were coming through my own experiences. So then I looked down and I'm like, man, I've got 30 songs here. Like, and a lot more that aren't finished, but these are definitely finished. What am I gonna do with these? So when the book idea came around, I was like, oh, this is great. I'll just make my album line up with each chapter and I'll put the lyrics in the book just like Andreas and I talked about and then I was like I need like some other cool way to make this unique and that's when I got the idea to link QR codes in the book so for those listening it's a QR code is that uh, weird little barcode image that you see that it says scan me and you put it up to your camera on your phone and it'll take you to a website once it registers. Um, So those are going to be in the book on each page so that when you are reading the lyrics to the song and while you're reading the chapter, you can actually be listening to the song on your phone
0: wow and you
1: don't have to go search it you just hold it up boom and there How it is
0: amazing
1: because you know our short attention spans <laughs> in this culture um so yeah i was thinking to myself that's that's pretty cool like yeah. i think this could really work um every person that i've told about it thinks it's a really cool idea i heard that dolly parton was actually publishing a book and i think it just came out where She did something kind of, it was mainly a memoir with a bunch of pictures from her childhood and her career, and then lyrics to certain songs and like how it related to her life. I was like, okay, this is kind of like what I'm doing, but but what I'm doing is still sort of completely unique of that, of each song in chronological order from the first song I ever wrote Mm -hmm. to now. And then really working with my developmental editor, she helped me to see that, you're not going to be showing people what you know with this book. You're going to be letting them in on the feelings you felt in your various experiences. So it's like, oh, okay, so it's not like a... It's not a how-to book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not... It is it is nonfiction in the sense that a lot of it is true, all real stuff. I mean, there's none of it that isn't true. Um, but a lot of it is just then reflection on what happened. Right. And how those themes work themselves into my songs
0: so you kind of taken them on a journey of yes the song songs uh, what's the word the way it was written but the the songs evolution
1: mm-hmm definitely my evolution as a songwriter and kind of how I change my perspective with each new experience but it's not necessarily about getting a new perspective, it's just about updating the perspective I already have. Mm -hmm. Because when a song comes out of me, and that's the way I like to say it, is that the song comes out from within. In other words, I didn't go find the song anywhere, but I also didn't create it in the sense that, you know, I'm responsible for every piece of it. I believe that my experiences and my abilities lead me to shine a light on certain things that if I think it sounds good while I'm playing or jamming or practicing, I'll keep exploring that good feeling. And then I, I a lot of times I'll close my eyes and just, i let my voice know, my voice will know where to go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, maybe I change a word Or maybe I I really want the words, but I haven't found the flow yet. And there's all different ways that you can write a song. But at the end of the day, I really think that songs are channeled. Mm -hmm. That they come from somewhere. I think all art is. Yes.
0: I think all art is. Um, There is a book, and I I thought it was Brene Brown, but it might be the woman who wrote Gilbert. Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Um, and she talks about in this book um, about Is it creativity, big magic? yes, and how it's out there and it comes to you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't utilize it, it'll go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you know somebody will say, I had that idea, <laughs> but you didn't do anything with it. you know what I mean? Um, but mm-hmm. I definitely think that creativity comes through you. You know what I mean? It's from another so well, I believe it's from the 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 divine. I really, really do. Um, and um and that you have the privilege of taking it and getting it out there. And so, um yeah, that's that's what I think. You know what (laughs) I mean? So yeah, and I think, you know, if we would just trust more you know, instead of trying to manipulate it yes. and just let it flow and whatever it is. This is why when I write, I don't like to edit. I don't like to edit because I think it comes out and the way it comes out is the way it should be.
1: Yeah. I mean, you maybe you can do edits later at some point if you feel inclined to or if something doesn't resonate. But if something resonates, like I've written songs where... I wrote the song all in one sitting, and I didn't change a single word because I knew it was perfect. Mm-hmm. But then there's other times where I'm like, oh, man, just something's just not right about this song, and then you go back to it later. But, but if but your to gut have a is holder, telling
0: you that, then yeah. then yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get but that. It, but it
1: is—it does help to have a placeholder too, mm-hmm. um, like just for a certain word for now, right? Like if you just want to continue on your flow, like don't get caught up on that one word. Just come back to it and yeah just write stream of consciousness or create stream of consciousness yeah Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting about music is that it doesn't it doesn't come as easy in terms of inspiration when you're just starting out versus if you have a blank canvas once you put something down you can kind of see what's there at least that's how it is for me but with music Nothing's ever officially recorded onto a canvas in a way that, like, this physical piece of art, if I paint this black square on it, there it is, and now I'm working for that point. But with a song, I can always take out anything and put in anything. It's completely interchangeable with every note and every word. So, I sometimes I get overwhelmed, like, oh, like, this could just be so perfect or so much better, and, like, what's the difference between a really Like you know a good song and like a really great life changing like the song just blows up because it's that transformative for people Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's just as you said authenticity being yourself in the song and not trying to make it perfect just like letting it do what it's trying to do
0: i think all art isn't really finished I think you you do it and you let it go. But you could always come back to that black square. That's true. And put a red dot in it. You know what I mean? Or change it or alter it. And I, and I tell, by the way, if you don't know, I do have a YouTube channel now called Artistry Collaborative. Um, and um, I do a lot of art projects so that I can inspire you to do them along with me. Um, but I always talk about how... I'll have an idea and I'll go and all of a sudden I'm doing something completely different in a way I wasn't expecting or I make a mistake and I go, oh, that's not where I wanted to go. Yeah. And then it ends up being better than I had imagined in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I call, well, I guess not me, but Bob Ross calls them, um, love, lo- um, what does he call them? Lucky? Happy accidents. Happy accidents. Happy accidents. Um, and I think, again, we have to get off of this thing of perfection, and judgment, and the end product, because it has nothing to do with the end product. Yes, you want to write a song that transforms, but I want to make a painting that makes someone e- e- evoke something, you know? But you just do it, and whatever, so- I mean, I look at some artists and I go, really, that's art? Really? Cause I don't know, I think third graders could do better than that. Mm-hmm. But that's because it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't mean that it's not art. Yeah. It's art to somebody. It won't
1: that yeah, that it won't resonate with someone exactly. else. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think we have to get off this 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 train of, you know, it has to look like this and it has to be like that, because all art is supposed to be is an expression of what you're feeling at that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom.
0: You know? And you may not feel that in 10 years. It, and I hope you don't because I hope that you're evolving and right. changing and growing. But at that moment, at that time, it's all good. Yep. It's all good.
1: Yeah, you know? I, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's less about the product and more about the process. It
0: really is. It really is. But we're so trained. We're so trained that it has to be... Perfect, or it has to be better or it has to be whatever and there is no has to be right it just is
1: and I think that that's something I've been really working with lately is I think it's easy to justify laziness as an artist by saying that this doesn't have to be perfect so I'm just gonna put in like 90 92% effort here but what I've been working on is like, well, what if that last 8% proved something to me? Not that it made my art, you know, so good that, you know, other people couldn't ignore it or or that it, that, that last 8% made my art worthy, you know, because it's already worthy at 92%, but I know that I'm cheating myself if I didn't go that extra mile. Like we were just saying, it's easy to, you know, do all the creative stuff, but then when it comes time to capturing it or putting it on social media or telling other people about it, it's like, you know, I think it's different if you're a full-time artist or if you're creating things as a hobby, but I think if you are a full-time artist or someone who wants to sustain yourself or have a side hustle creatively, You know, what's the point of spending $5,000 on an album if you won't even spend $1,000 to market that album and let people know that it exists? Right. Because the point is not for you to just make this perfect thing and then there it is. The point is that, you know, creativity, the power of it is when it's shared with other people, Mm -hmm. helps unite our visions and helps... Us see that other people are seeing and feeling and thinking the same things we are, just you know, in different ways, in different colors, with different sounds. But what I've been learning to do lately is say, okay, well, for me, like I can write a song, go sit on the couch, and I enjoy that process of spending an hour or two writing a song. It's fun. It's exciting. I'm singing. I'm getting that oxygen to my brain. But then, why does it feel so daunting to go downstairs into the studio and record that song? Because now there's this pressure that like, oh, that little click that just happened on the other side of the room, I gotta go erase that. Oh, I can't breathe too loudly. Like, oh, my, my chair squeaked in the recording. Like, it's all the things that start to annoy you. But if you can actually just say, hey, you know what, mindfulness is nothing if I can't create art mindfully and then capture that art mindfully too then once you do that, you're giving people the opportunity to experience it because instead of being selfish and lazy and and hogging the art that you think is amazing to yourself because you have the energy to write it but not to record it, you're only cheating yourself and other people around you where you could have taken it to that next level. So Mm -hmm. lately I've been working on, okay, I've had all these songs, And now the book's coming out. So now I have this deadline. I got to get them all recorded and just, it's going to have to be the way it is. If I don't like it, so what? Like, boom, I can always re-release it later. But yeah, I've got, you know, like another 22 or 23 songs coming out like this year. So
0: how many songs are on this, in this book?
1: Um, 27.
0: 27 songs.
1: 28, because I also put Safe As We Can in the book. And that was my Grammy ballot song so I'm there's no chapter about it but I'm going to include it uh as a bonus chapter oh, okay cool at the end just kind of like by the way for anyone wondering how did this happen like here's how it happened and here's kind of the process of that but so yeah the 27 28 songs
0: and so you is it braced into chapters is it broken or it's just broken down into songs it's
1: br- yep each chapter is a song
0: is a song mm-hmm. and you discuss when you did it how you did it where it came from and and then it has that symbol the thing that they can hear it at yep. the same QR time code, yep. yeah so mm-hmm. yeah
1: so the way it starts off is um, like the first chapter is called walk out the door that's the name of the song Mm-hmm and it was the first song I ever wrote. I was just sitting on my couch at my parents' house, I was like 19, had been playing the guitar for maybe a year, and I had just gotten my black guitar, um, the one that you've seen that I brought, uh, Lucifer. And so I was just like warming her up, playing, and I had this chord progression that I liked, and these words just started flowing out of me, and i that's an example of the first real set of lyrics I ever wrote that was kind of just like a poem while I was playing, and I didn't change a single thing from you know nine years ago to today, because I know that is that was that feeling, that was that moment, and it's actually really good the way it is. It doesn't need to be changed. Mm-hmm. So then I talk about, what does it mean to walk out the door? You know, what does it mean to accept the hero's journey of your life? Like, we, we live according to all these Stories and archetypes we grow up being read stories watching movies or or plays, you know at at any time in history We grew up as part of a story so What I'm challenging in this book is my own ways of viewing the universe my own self-limiting beliefs and Simultaneously those of others, but I make it a point not to go out of my way to try to criticize society too much because here I am and I really like myself so I have society to thank for the person I've become because I've trusted my own judgment to be able to discern when culture is when culture is my friend and when culture's not my friend and there's actually a lot of experiences in the book that blow, blow completely blow up a paradigm I thought that that I had that I had that I understood This was how the world worked and then like surprise no like we were talking about with different plant medicines where you you think you have a pretty good understanding of reality and then you sign a contract with a plant and the intelligence of that plant shows you things that you one couldn't couldn't believe you had been missing this whole time because it seems so ridiculously obvious afterwards but two um that you really have this ability to shape your reality with your words. And I think everyone can agree to that on some level, but there's, there's no point where that stops. And I think in society, we draw a line where that stops. Like, yeah, you can have a good day if you say, I'm going to have a great day today and practice some manifestations. But, you know, if you get sick, you can't just like, heal yourself by saying that you're not sick, but that's actually wrong. You can heal yourself by saying that you're not sick. And like we're, we're learning so much about this in science and spirituality every day. So my book is kind of a foray into new frontiers because I think that's what music is about, is like new parts of this uh, sonic landscape around us that's all already here, but that we just haven't heard yet. But it's there. It's mm-hmm. there, waiting for you to hear it. You just have to listen in the right ways. So, same thing with the spiritual messages that we're receiving from all the great books that have ever been read, uh, written, or that we've ever read. Where, where did that information come from? Where did these great sage masters like learn any of this? You know, it wasn't like taught in a the school. They had to just like listen and live their life and experience the universe. So, my book is kind of a personal journey but also a cultural journey that we've all been on of becoming artists becoming creators and that's why the book is called permission to create because human beings are different from animals in the sense that sure like an elephant can uh Paint when you give it a paintbrush, <laughs> I have a, an elephant painting in there, yeah. and you know, and a and a monkey can draw pictures on the ground with a stick, but then if you ask them to explain what that means to them, that's where that's where the break is, and that's where being human gives you the ability to comprehend how to change your reality, whereas animals have very developed views of reality that are very real to them they communicate with each other they can communicate with us but at the end of the day uh you know birds are not enacting some great influence over the world to fundamentally change the way ecosystems work you know they, they obviously play a role in their actions matter but we are in a position where we have this great responsibility because of our creative power so my book is about giving people permission to create so that they aren't just consuming what's what corporations are creating for them Mm -hmm. you could go watch that series on netflix you could go um you know to the museum and and learn about what people are teaching and spreading or you could take that journey straight into the as you called it the divine you could take that journey yourself and trust that these other organisms on the planet are not going to harm you or your intelligence but that they're going to share with you their secrets so that you can more effectively change your own mind Mm -hmm. and once you change your mind and reverse your perspective on something you thought wasn't possible then you can change yourself you can change your environment we can create healing for one another and we we won't have to treat it like it's something that we have to apologize for like when people make excuses for oh uh you guys probably don't want to hear me sing right now or, or like oh i can't draw anything like you know basically just continually passing the buck Mm-hmm. so that the responsibility of changing the world doesn't fall on me because oh i'm not i'm not powerful i'm not creative but that's obviously a myth
0: Yes. Big one. Big one. Big one. Because we are innately creative. It's what I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. It is innate. Everybody can do it. Yes. It's just not everybody's going to do it the same. Right. You know, and I, and, I, and I keep having that image of the elephant and the monkey, you know, and, and ask them, okay, what does it mean? Why does it have to mean anything? It's how I felt at the moment. hmm Boom. You either get something out of it or you don't, and it's okay. And it's okay.
1: I think I, I agree with that like 85%. But but there's still that portion that like, again, I think the reason why elephants and monkeys haven't ruined the world the way we have, mm-hmm. or maybe I won't say ruined, haven't brought the world to the brink of destruction the way we have is because <clears throat> when it comes comes down for like the accountability portion of that creativity, they're they can't be held responsible in the same way we can. Where if I create something that's a picture of like someone hurting someone else, someone else can see that, understand it, and then be inspired to do something wrong. Whereas an animal is just doing what feels right to them, maybe painting, doing this, but they're not going to be able to tell you, oh yeah, like this is me with my friends, Like playing, or like, this is me beating up that other elephant that I don't like. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're doing what they're doing without the responsibility of having to explain the result that it creates in their tribe or society because they're just painting, let's say in this example, in a completely organic way and then. They're, they're not going to get mad if you take that painting they're not going to say oh that's mine i want to hang that in my cave like f- we take possession of of the things right that we
0: and I, and of me is that i mean do you write a song thinking that i'm going to influence somebody or do you just write a song because you want to just express that part of yourself Both. and it really yeah because I don't create art. I don't think I do. I have to think about this. I don't create art with an idea of influencing somebody in any which way. Except to maybe like it and you know right. bring a smile to somebody. But I, I never really thought about creating art to... But I guess people create an art to make a statement, right? All the time. Yeah.
1: All the yeah. time. You know, it like for example, like let's say... Uh, You're at a spiritual retreat and there's an enormous beautiful mural on the wall with vibrant colors and depictions of spiritual like mandalas and chakras and all this stuff right that that is a piece of art specifically designed to influence you while you're at this spiritual retreat to help you achieve a certain particular feeling Okay. So, sure, the artist may have been experiencing joy and ecstasy and saying, you know, I'm just going to do this while mm-hmm. I'm at it mm-hmm. and be in creative flow, but there's still a goal of the project. Like, because I think art, you know, one of my favorite people ever, Terrence McKenna, he was a scientist, uh, cultural anthropologist, lecturer, just overall creative. Uh, creative genius but one of the things he said was that the task of art is to save the soul of mankind mm-hmm. and I completely agree with that so under that premise my art has an extreme degree of intentionality at least my music has that degree of intentionality for, for example right I have a song called one day um, I had just gotten back from this tour with Andreas and I randomly decided to stop at my friend Ryan's house um because i was in his area and just was like oh i'll see if he's home just say what's up real quick turns out he was home and his mom was there and his mom lives in florida so i was like this is kind of rare they used to be my next door neighbors Mm -hmm. so not only that but they were outside at the time i pulled up i was like this is clearly meant to happen so they were unloading groceries we we go in the house and uh Rhonda and I tell this story in the book. She was talking to me, saying, "Oh, so you really like, you really want to do music? Like this seems like what you want to push for." I was like, "Yeah," and I had just had the the Grammy ballot with with Paul McCartney, just feeling totally starstruck, trying to figure out my direction. And she said, "Yeah, like it, it seems like this is perfect for you." And and I said, "Yeah, like I, I believe that this is my." This is like my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how I can impact people in a big way while also supporting myself, you know, getting paid to play music, showing up and bringing good vibes and medicine and healing to wherever I'm going. So at that time, I was experiencing some disillusionment because I was realizing that if I play at these bars or these restaurants, it's like the money that I'm being paid is coming from the consumption and sale of alcohol. And I don't really drive with that too much. Um, don't really drink myself. But someone said to me, Well, you gotta look at it this way, Nate. This is someone at the Buddhist monastery who said this to me. It's not that you're it's not that you're you're driving the sale of alcohol, like, because that would be happening anyway. Like these people would be at these bars, but Someone said to me, "If you show up to that bar, the medicine that you're serving is a lot stronger than what they're getting over that that counter at the bar." And I was like, "Wow, that's really, really like life changing."
0: Right, to, and to realize that probably have changed the experience of being there that night. Exactly. Instead of just having a drink and, you know, bitching and moaning, right? you might inspire somebody or you just get something going inside of them mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have gotten if they had, you know, the jukebox on or right. whatever.
1: Right. Some, so. Something about seeing another individual in action in a creative flow state loving their life and spreading that good energy. You know, maybe that guy on his way home is like tapping the steering wheel and singing along to that song I just played. Mm-hmm. But I think that, as you said, transferring that energy is really important. So flashback to this story, I'm with Ryan and his mom, Rhonda, and she says to me, you know, that's that's really great, Nate. It's awesome that you want to impact people because like, there's so many people in this world who... You know they really need that and then she said to me she goes and just casually oh you know back when i was in the hospital i had a brain tumor and i had breast cancer and you know i was in bed for like 25 30 days out of every month like for months at a time she said if just if just one day you know out of the whole week or the whole month if i could get out of bed and walk around and and you know, people were smiling at me, and just just being able to just just do that. Sometimes one day is all that it takes, and I was like, "One day is all that it takes." Just instantly in my mind, it was glued there, uh-huh. and I, I I knew that it it was spirit telling me, "You will write a song about this." Yeah and this song will help people who are having a tough day or who need that one day to like get free of whatever's been holding them down. So perfect example of me intentionally writing a song around the premise of realizing that one day can completely change your life and that you have that power to once you once you recognize that you have the power to make each day like that one day. So yeah. Perfect example. And I,
0: and I have to say, too, that... Like, Jocelyn will know words and meanings and decipher. And, and I just take in songs. I just take them. They either move me or, I, you know, I'll get the little hook. But I don't know the lyrics. I'm not really good at that. But having a book and telling me that story... When I hear that song, I'm going to immediately go there. Mm-hmm. It's going to really enhance the music so much more yes. for me yes. as a consumer because I don't like learn the lyrics. Like sometimes I'm 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 really into a song, and I don't even know why. You know what I mean? Like and then, you know, you actually break it down and listen like, "Oh, like my soul needed it before my brain did." You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah. Um, we got to wrap up, unfortunately. I think we could go on for a couple more hours. Yeah, we could. Um, But I want to tell people how they can get your book.
1: Yes. Um, So, currently, my book is in the crowdfunding stage. So, what that means is uh, the publisher and I are raising funds to do the initial printing costs for the book. Um, I am so beyond... Uh, proud, happy, just overwhelmed with joy to say that we blew through the $5,000 crowdfunding goal. We're currently just over $6,000 in the first 30 days. And it was supposed to end after 30 days, but the publisher is allowing me to extend it by another 30 days. So that means that until June 1st, you will be able to order my book on Indiegogo which is a platform for um, you know, like kickstarting projects and things like that. I have posted it all over my Facebook page, which is Nate Jones Music. And I'm based out of Providence, Rhode Island. if you are listening to this from far away from that location. You can also go to NateJones.world, which is my website. And you can explore my world a little bit, and there's a, a section right on there about the book and kind of the story. Um, You can also go to my Facebook page, my personal page, and I've been sharing that link multiple times a day, every day, sending messages to people. So it's all out there. Uh, There's an article in the Warwick Beacon from a couple days ago, I think last week. (laughs) Let me give you that exact date. If you search the Warwick Beacon Thursday, April 15th, you will see uh, the article about permission to create. And, yeah, there's there's probably more ways to find me, too. YouTube, Spotify.
0: Yeah, well, Google the man. Google.
1: Google it, Um, Nate Jones Music.
0: But thank you, Nate. This was... so excited for you. I really, really am. Um, Thank you to my listeners. Please um, subscribe. Please share this. I think it's so important. And I hope it inspires you to, you know, stretch yourself and try new things. And just, you know, you're important. You matter. What you have to say is important. And um, I love you guys. So be good and keep on creating.